Hi there, a quick note before we begin the episode. Did you know that Atlas Lingue has its own audiobook with exclusive and brand new material? It's called Atlas Lingue, the layers of language behind everyday life. In this audiobook, we share additional exclusive commentaries on each episode with brand new insights and examples on the subject that we can't stop thinking about, how humans translate everything that comes their way. Also remember, when you buy Ochenta's audiobooks, you're directly supporting our independent audio series productions. So find Atlas Lingue, the layers of language behind everyday life, on Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Atlas Lingue, the show that's all about language, culture, and communication. I'm your host, Luis Lopez. For this episode, we talk to Beverly Adaezi. She's a content creator, travel vlogger, wedding MC, and hairstylist, born in Lagos, Nigeria, and raised in Houston, Texas. And her content is a great mix of travel tips, Nigerian culture, and humor, especially in her audience's favorite character, the African auntie. In our conversation, we talk about her different talents and how they benefit each other, as well as some of her favorite trips, including a life-changing year in Colombia. So without further ado, here's our interview with Beverly. Beverly, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. So I'd like to start by asking you a bit about yourself. You were born in Lagos, raised in Houston. Uh, what was that like? What were you know some elements of your upbringing, your family, your school, your neighborhood community that you know planted the seeds of your eventual work? When I came to the United States, I was seven years old. So I was just this kid, you know, full of life. I didn't even know what was going on. I just knew that we were moving to a new place. And so with just being in Houston, now Houston has a very large Nigerian population as well. So I never felt like I was missing out on culture because there was always a, like a, and there still is a great Nigerian community. Uh, but my parents were very much so, you know, focus on your books. You know, this is the path. You, you, you do your books, you go to school, you go to medical school. And, and that's just, that's just it. You know, you create a good life for yourself because we brought you to this country. So that was pretty much a lot of what my upbringing was. I see. I mean, you mentioned this large and active Nigerian population in Houston. What do you, you know, remember growing up about that? Like, how was that scene in terms of, you know, how you absorbed the Nigerian culture around you at that time? We're from, you know, different villages in Nigeria. So whenever people migrate to a new country, to a new state, they typically try to find each other. So, for example, if you were to move to Switzerland, it would be the equivalent of you finding, you know, a Latin community, Hispanic community there, and you all form like a group. So 
we, um, the people that are from my father's village, they've all just kind of formed a community here. And when I was growing up, we would have meetings. So meetings every, like maybe once a month, you would just go kind of mingle with the other kids and they would just talk about things that they want to do back home and just, you know, it was a way to just build community. So that was really a lot of what I remember growing up would go to people's weddings, graduations. It was kind of like, okay, if this person is celebrating, we all celebrate with them. Whenever it's your turn, everybody comes together and we celebrate you. And um, was there also an element of, I understand what you just said about like, you know, mostly hanging out with and meeting people from the same village, right? But was there also an element of like, like a sort of melting pot of people from different Nigerian communities as well, just because they were all abroad and sort of like had this thing in common, even though back in Nigeria, their families and communities would, would have been from different places. So the meeting that I was just talking about, that is from a specific village. But just in general, whenever you would, my parents would meet someone Nigerian, they would just try to, you know, form this uh, relationship. And even in churches, you know, sometimes in churches, it, it would be a predominantly Nigerian church, but you would have different tribes and people from different states. So that was kind of like the melt, like the hub spot for different tribes and and people to come together. What kind of artists or creators would you say were like a great inspiration to your work when you were growing up? Uh, musicians, filmmakers, writers, etc. Well, I'll say this because I really did not step into content creation until like maybe like recently. Okay. But I remember uh, we had the, there's a guy called Flavor. We had uh, Awilo who was actually Congolese, but he, I mean, they still play him till this day at all the parties, all the weddings. And his music is still as hot. So um, that and then just, you know, you have a few gospel artists here and there that kind of bring back nostalgia. So there's there, there are a few artists for sure. Now we have the new ones, you know, the Burner Boys, the Whiz Kids and all that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, so I wanted to start talking about like one thing that I particularly love about your content, which is mm -hmm. these videos where you embody this character of the Nigerian auntie or grandmother yeah. elder, um, which I love so much. I, I love how like you you transmit so much of, of culture through humor and through like all of these little short, sweet moments. Right. And uh, yeah. How did you come up with that idea? How much, you know, how does the influence of your own life experience and just knowledge about everything and your upbringing and surrounding appear in these sketches? Oh, really? A lot of it is just from observation. <laughs> um, I would say the African auntie, the main one that I play is a combination of my mom, my grandma, my aunties, and then just like, you know, the African aunties all around. I just kind of combine all of them into one dramatic um, character and so just really life experiences. And it's crazy because when you're experiencing those things at the time, they're not as funny, like African aunties judging you and saying, oh, you put on a little bit of weight. It's not funny then. But when you, you know, talk about it now, it's, it's you know, we can all relate to it. And so it's kind of like we're laughing at our pain. <laughs> yeah. I love that you also sometimes even have like uh, these videos with with a sort of ensemble cast of, of characters, right? Especially yeah. when, when you have like, I don't know, a group of Nigerian women at church, like at a fundraiser or something like that, right? Where you even yeah. get to like play around with, with these sayings and reactions, right? Yeah, that's the fun of it. And even now I'm like... As I, as I as the more I do these skits, the more I'm like, oh, let me talk about the auntie that does this or the, the uncle that may do this. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. It's fun. What's your favorite part about making those videos? My favorite part is really seeing everything come together. And then once it's uploaded, going through the comments to see the little things that people might pick here and there, right. you know, because different things are going to be funny to different people. So I just love seeing what 
others probably thought was funny to them. Like what kind of uh, comments or reactions do you particularly enjoy when people like notice certain things? People will say the most random things. Like for some people, the polo shirt that I wear, it just kills them every time. They love it. They think it's so funny. <laughs> for some, it's just, it may be like a saying or just a facial expression. So there's just so many different things because people are looking for what relates to them and their upbringing and what they could kind of tie into. So this is usually funny. It's usually funny reading through my comments. I guess on that note, since like, obviously it's such a, it's so rewarding to see people notice things, I guess like some of them might've been very intentional and obvious and some of them, like, it's not that they weren't intentional, but that you maybe weren't expecting that they would get that much of a reaction or be that, that noticed, right? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes people point out stuff and I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't really my intention, but okay, cool. <laughs> you thought that was funny. No problem. Yeah. So how do you like think of all of these things at, at a time? Does it like sort of just sort of come naturally and like just the way you speak and act and, and dress and everything or, or how much are you actually thinking of like, oh, I'm going to add these little references for, mm-hmm. you know, for people to be aware of, right? Like real ones know yeah. like that this is how we do it or that sort of thing. I always tell people, I think the reason my content hits and it's genuinely funny is because I don't force the funny. I just let it come to me. It's just part of my experience. I I literally, I don't sit at a desk and I'm like, oh, I need to do a part two to this video because I need to, you know, it's just whatever comes to me. Um, And sometimes I'll just be, maybe I'm spending time with my mom and she'll just do just one thing and then it brings about a whole skit. And so I'm like, oh, I want to do that. So I think I just allow it to come to me naturally from experiences. Or sometimes there may be like a trend on social media going on. And my mind is like, hmm, what would an African do in this scenario? And then I'll do that. Could you give me an example of that? I'd love to know, like, maybe something that happened, you know, in your life where you like your mom or someone said something. And then like, how does that process look? It becoming a video, like a TikTok sketch or something. I think... One of the more famous ones that I've done or the more popular ones is the one that birthed the phrase international slave mama, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that one was from the African braider who um, usually is just trying to sell you her business. She doesn't really know how to do the hairstyle, but she's going to, you know, she wants to do it. She's not going to turn down business. And I think just being in the hair shops and just really like, you know, sitting there quietly, getting my hair done and just listening, I'm able to now, and just observing the little things, like the little kids come in to ask for your snacks, you know? Yeah. And so I'm able to go back home and then put that in a skit and people are able to relate because this is something that happens pretty often. So just, I guess, like the the environment where it happens, right? The ambiance and like how maybe it's, mm-hmm. I guess it, it's funny, not necessarily in a way that like you're like, always laughing but but almost always kind of like bringing a smile to your face as well yeah. right? like remembering these things exactly nostalgia really because a lot of it is really about the nigerian american experience and like our upbringing so yeah you're able to kind of pick a few things like oh, okay I, I can relate to that do you have any um any of the, the sketches that you've done that you're particularly proud of for some reason, maybe like, like you, you didn't know if you were going to be able to pull it off and you did, or like just, just, you know, proud of how it, it turned out, like the reaction it got or, or something like that. Um, there's one I did with the, the African aunties kind of being passive aggressive and kind of feuding, you know, kind of throwing shades. Yeah. I love that one. That one is a go-to um, random, but the plantain video, um, that was just something funny enough. I was actually going to go on a social media break and I was just like, Oh, let me just do this quick video real quick. So I just did it. And I actually, I uploaded the video and then I logged off and I wasn't on social media for like two weeks. 
And I remember getting a text and my friend was like, oh, like, congratulations on hitting a million views. And I was like, a million views? Now on TikTok, that's not too hard to get to, but on Instagram to get a million views is crazy. Right. So I was like, wow. I mean, I I knew I loved plantain, but I didn't know the whole world (laughs) loved plantain (laughs) as much, so... That's awesome. Yeah, I love that one. And I also really love the um, the one where the auntie is an Uber driver oh, yeah. And, yeah. and picks up an Uber passenger yeah. and like makes her do all these errands and stuff. Like that one was also yeah. hilarious for all of its exaggeration and everything. And I love that you are, you know, you as the one who is, you know, of Latin origin, you're able to kind of relate to that in some way, shape or form. You know, I feel like yeah. really all for the foreigners or immigrants, whatever we may call ourselves, those that migrated to the States, Whenever I see content, even if it's like Indian American or something, there's a, there's some something that I'm able to kind of relate to, and I'm like, wow, we're actually more similar than we are different. Yeah, and um, I love that because you were mentioning uh, earlier about the video where the different aunties and and grandmas like are throwing shade and all of that, and uh, and like sort of feuding and one upping each other and all of that. And I remembered this video by Jenny Lorenzo uh, that she made about like old ladies, o- old Cuban ladies at a funeral or a different or like at church or something like that. And <laughs> and it's very similar to that, right? So mm-hmm. I love I, I loved that one very much, and I love this one as well. I just uh, I don't know. I was just sort of like speaking to that thing about how uh, these are like kind of universal experiences that we can all just enjoy, even if we don't share a background or a community. Yeah, exactly. Because one thing about the aunties, they're always going to throw shade and shots and they're going to be passive aggressive all across the borders. Oh, I love it so much. So continuing to speak about your content, but now maybe a little bit more about the the travel side. Uh, I really love your travel content as well. And I wanted to ask you more about, you know, what motivated you to start, well, not just traveling a lot worldwide, but also documenting and sharing it online. To be honest, if I could go back, I would start recording way like before. I started traveling really at 20, like around 21. It was right before I graduated from undergrad. And it was my first time because normally all I would, all I knew was Nigeria and Texas. So Nigeria would be the only place that I would ever go to. And so when I studied abroad in Spain, I took that leap because I was so afraid. I was like, oh, it's too much money and this. But I, I, I took that leap. I got a scholarship, studied abroad in Sevilla, Spain for three months. And then after my program, I went backpacking by myself for 10 days from, you know, Italy to the Czech Republic. Oh, wow. And I think I was just so mind blown. And I think it just opened up this new world. Like, wow, this world is so big. There's so much that the world has to offer. And my goal now is to encourage people to travel, you know, and, and, and not just the luxury travel you see on Instagram, because when I travel, I'm, you know, I'm usually on a pretty decent budget, but to see the world, there's so much that we can learn. And I think traveling is such a great teacher. So that's one of my goals. And also it, it, it allows me to upload different content so that I'm not put in a box of just only skits and you get to see more of my personality and things that I enjoy doing. Right. Well, your content includes like all of these things, right? Like, yes, we, we do have the skits, which are hilarious, right. but we also have the travel, which uh, just offers a very different experience, right? Uh, but then, of course, like you also are traveling and obviously looking at things and reacting to things from your particular Nigerian American perspective. Right, right exactly. Which I think is a really interesting. With the commentaries. Yeah. And I like that. Like I get, to, I get, you know, I like that I get to add a little bit of commentary here and there. And sometimes I just post a travel video with regular sound and just, you know, let the visuals kind of do what they need to do. But I do like to take people on a journey. I love that. So um, what are 
I mean, I'm sure there's many because you've, of course, traveled to, to a lot of different places. But what are some places that you like particularly enjoyed going to and perhaps even sharing uh, your experiences with your audiences um, just because maybe you weren't expecting to enjoy them that as much as you did or just, you know, because you really enjoyed them? Um, well, of course, Colombia has a special place in my heart forever. Right. Is... And I do want to ask more about yeah, that in a moment. But, but I yeah. love Italy. Italy was really nice. Okay. Hong Kong was great. The best ramen I've ever had has been in Hong Kong. And I almost don't want to try any other ramen because I'm like, I don't want to be disappointed. Um, so that's a great place too. Italy, Hong Kong. Um, where else? There are a few places that I would probably want to go back to. Guatemala. Guatemala was nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You posted a video um, walking with lions as well, <laughs> yeah. right? Which looked so amazing. One time, uh, one how, time how only. That, <laughs> how was that experience? It was it was a like a like a once in a lifetime thing. I was like, wow, am I really here? I think in my mind, I thought maybe you know they would have the lions on some kind of leash or something. Right. But when they opened the gate and the two lions just you know just they're just roaming around, and I'm like, what did I do? Am wow. I you know? I was like, what did this girl get me into? Um, and just like, they just, they feel so majestic. They're so beautiful. They're, they're huge. Yeah. They're big in person. They are. Yeah. Oh man. It's just like, wow, am I really doing this? But I'm glad that I did. I'm glad I did. And I'm glad that I'm here to tell yeah. the story. <laughs> yeah. I like that, that you like your content focuses so much on these experiences, right? Mm -hmm. There was also one that you did in, in Colombia. I don't remember exactly where, but like you, you also like went up a uh, sort of like a hill or something. And, and then like someone prepared this little like sort of dessert for for you and, oh and, yeah you know you just showed the whole process and everything uh so yeah i guess like i, I really like that you know how you, we really get to see you know all of what you're doing uh and what you're experiencing through through your content true and then you also kind of get to hear what's going on in my head at the time through like the commentary yeah like the african <laughs> like my nigerian commentary so that's something i actually want to do more of this year i haven't traveled uh, since January, because I was focusing on my birthday, but now that that's done, I plan on probably next month. To be honest, okay. I love I love travel, the travel vlogs, and I love being able to share that experience. So you mentioned like your Nigerian commentary um, when when you're doing your your content, and I guess I wanted to ask you about that because I love how you do that. You're like constantly sort of like switching between your American accent and your Nigerian accent. Um, yeah. Could you tell me a little bit more about that about that process? Like, do you switch to the Nigerian accent when you need to say something like from a Nigerian perspective, or or how how does that work? Well, one, people think that I do that for social media, but I'm like, no, that's how I talk to my, my friends. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, what is it called? You're talking to your... Code switching? Yeah, I guess code switching, but, you know, slang, you know, because I know my Nigerian friends, my African friends don't understand it. But the best way to put it is usually my brain just automatically knows to switch to my Nigerian accent because whenever it's, a, it's in an accent, it's usually what I'm kind of thinking of, you know? Right that it's going on in my mind that I probably wouldn't say regularly, but it's, it's what is really going on in my mind, you know? So it's like my inner thought, my subconscious, my inner thoughts. <laughs> I guess I could relate to that Lynn. Like, I, I mean, if I'm thinking in English and then something, uh, suddenly I see something that surprises me, I would be like, I wait, you know, like, like, exactly. like, like defaulting or, exactly. you know, but, but yeah, I guess that would make sense. Okay, so I understand from what I've read about you uh, in, in your website and on your social media that um, one of your goals, as you were saying, is to inspire others and especially women to travel and explore the world. And um, could you tell me just a little bit more about how 
how you do this, how you aim to do this, uh, you know, through your contact with your audience and through your videos and all of that? Really just traveling more and showing like just the beauty of these places that I travel to. I know on Instagram, like I said earlier, I try not to show things that's too luxurious because it can be intimidating to some people. They're like, why well, I, I can't travel because I can't afford the five-star hotel or I've never flown first class, <laughs> you know? So I show them the beauty of the culture. And a lot of times, of course, you know, being safe, being wise, I want to go to where like, the, you know, the locals are that's, you know, safe, reasonable. I want to show the local foods. I don't want to go to uh, Costa Rica and then eat McDonald's. Like I want to show you Costa Rican right. food, Costa Rican fruits, things like that. So, so that you can see that there is a world, you know, outside of your hometown. And hopefully it can like drum up some excitement to travel to these countries. So Yeah. No, of course. I love that. Like a very local experience as much as you can get, right? And I think that's that's amazing. Okay. So now I'd like to ask you, uh, you mentioned it just uh earlier in, in the interview, but like but you you lived in Medellin, right, in Colombia yes. for for some time. Yes. Uh, and as as we mentioned when we contacted you, uh, Studio Chenta is a mostly Latinx company, and many of us, not me, but many of us, are from Colombia or have roots there. Uh, so, what was that experience like? You know, uh, what what did you like? What surprised you? Just tell, could oh, you tell man. me about how that was? I love Colombia. And as a matter of fact, I'm actually going to treat Colombia like I treat Nigeria and probably travel once a year because it's just like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it has a special place in my heart. Um, I love Colombians. They're very nice, very, you know, personable. I just love being able to live. I lived a simple life there. I was like, I don't want to live where the expats are. I'm trying to live like with the Colombians, I want to speak the language. I want to eat the food and, and learn, you know, like live, live like a Colombian. I, I don't know. Just waking up in my apartment and just seeing like the beautiful mountains, you know, like in Texas, I love Texas, but it's like, I don't, I don't see mountains when I wake up, you know, but there I'm able to just see that and absorb all of that. Um, the food. Now I was surprised because I think my mind was thinking, Mexican food <laughs> and spice, but they actually don't do spice like that. Right. They don't like food that's too spicy. And so I think that kind of surprised me, right, but right. I just, I love the experience overall. So could you tell me a little bit about like what motivated you to go to Colombia in the first place? What, why did you decide to, to move there first for a while? It was really my trip to Spain that I did um, in undergrad. That just showed me that, wow, there's, there's a lot to see in this world. And actually I was going to try to go to Germany I was going to say I wanted to live. I knew I wanted to live abroad for about a year as an adult. So I thought of Germany, you know, I was like, okay, I need to let me study some German. But then I went to Colombia for my 26th birthday and I was like, oh, I love this place. I love it. Um, I fell in love. One of my coworkers at the salon, uh, she was like, you know, I know you're going to Bogota, but definitely go to Medellin. You're going to love it. And she was right. I took like, I was in Medellin for two days during my birthday and I loved it. So um, mm -hmm. I went back and I was like, I want to, I, I want to do life here. I want to experience it here. And I think it was a, a great place to do that. And yeah. What was your first reaction when you, when you got there, when you started, you know, yeah, after, after your maybe first day or couple of days there? Oh man. I was like, am I really doing this? Like I literally just packed my bags. You know, I said I was going to do it and I'm here. I did not have an apartment at the time. I was just doing like Airbnbs and I was just like, I guess we're here and we're going to do this. So it was just, it was surreal, but it was, it was, an, an ex I think it just, it built my character, you know? So even now when I'm thinking like, oh man, this is so challenging. I'm not sure. I'm like, girl, you literally packed your bags. 
went to a whole nother country where you knew nobody. I didn't know anybody. Like we had Facebook groups and stuff, but it wasn't like I was going to stay with a friend. And I, I made it work. And I think that's why Colombia means so much to me. Yes, the culture is beautiful, the people and all that. But I think it was just the growth that happened and just discovering that, wow, you're actually braver than you think you are. So I think that's part of why I love Colombia so much. You were on exchange in uh, in Sevilla, in Spain, so you had already learned Spanish, I I presume, right? And, Thank you. And I don't know if you even learned it from you know before that or how that was, but like I wanted to ask you about your communication there, like how you felt with you know speaking Spanish over there and and all of that. My minor was Spanish, and I I, I look at language as a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. And so by the time it was time to move to Colombia, I was like, man, I need to strengthen my Spanish. But I knew that being in that country, being immersed in that culture was going to help me strengthen my Spanish. Being in Colombia, I was just like, I would talk to the taxi drivers, the Uber drivers. So I looked at it as like a little mini Spanish lesson, yeah. whether for five minutes or 10 minutes. Uh, and it was just good. And they were very patient with me. And, you know, they would like, let me say things. And then you just learn to pick up, like right now, I would say I understand more Spanish than I can speak. I have to really, I still have to think, right? you know, when it comes to speaking it, but I can understand. But I wanted to ask you about that. Um, I love that, I mean, in your, within your, you know, the travel section of your content, uh, I, I like that in your Colombian videos, I guess because you live there and we're like there for a longer time, we get to see like different details of your life there, like perhaps something that would be more like day-to-day -day activities. Like I think you you took mm -hmm. a, a sewing class and you showed us that, and right? And so like, I guess those would be different experiences from ones where we you do like very short-term travel. Exactly. You know, sort of thing, right? So um, what, what was that like, you know, to be able to like show something more of a, of a daily life kind of like everyday uh yeah, experiences. And I enjoyed it. And to be honest, you know, people would tell me, uh, people would ask me, oh, can you post like more of like what you do there? And I'm like, my life here is so simple. You know, I literally wake up, go work out, come do some work. Maybe I'll go to a coffee shop and come back, cook. It was very, very simple. But I did want to, um, I liked doing like different little creative activities, picking up little hobbies um, so that I can kind of show people a little bit more. But it was, my life was so simple there. <laughs> In one of those videos, um, you went to an Afro-Colombian festival, uh, and and I really liked everything, like everything that you included there, uh, the the music and the fashion and the, just like everything that was on display. Um, so, what was that like? And I also wanted to ask you, like, would you say that it's a goal of yours, uh, whenever you can, to like showcase these sort of like African diaspora uh, events wherever you go? Yes, I think now it is um, because. Even even me, I knew that there were a lot of Afro-Colombians and like Cali, Cali, Colombia. But in that fest, I was like, wow, there's a lot here in Medellin. You know, we just I guess we just I didn't see them enough. And so they would all come out and it was just really nice to showcase because normally people probably wouldn't think that there are a lot of Afro-Colombians. Even for me, if not for like me speaking, a lot of the Colombians there, like the Paisas, they would think that I was Afro-Colombian until I said something, <laughs> you know. Or even things like when I traveled to Brazil, I was actually very shocked at the amount of like Brazilians that look like me. So I think it's important to show people because I would have never known. Is that also something, um, I don't know, notable when, when you travel, like the places where you just do not feel foreign, at least not until you maybe you speak and like you people notice that you have an accent or speak something else. But like, is there something about that, about like 
being comfortable in a place where you do authentically look like someone from there? I think so. Uh, especially in a place like Colombia, I felt like I could blend in a little bit more. I didn't stand out too much. My goal wasn't to stand out or be flashy. I just wanted to blend in with the Colombians and live life like Colombians. I wanted to go back to uh, the phrase that you mentioned earlier, international slave mama. Uh, I was going to ask you about its origin, but of course, like you you already mentioned, it's, it's from one of the, the sketches. Uh, but I guess I wanted to ask you a little bit more about like what made it grow so much to the point of it being like such an iconic phrase and that you you use it as <laughs> a, a sort of slogan or, or just like, you know, it's something that's representative of, of your content and, and of, of you, I guess. What, what made it grow to that point? It's so funny how that came about because I knew in the skit I was going to use Slay Mama, right? Because, you know, that's something I've heard before. Like, oh, you know, Slay. But my friend, funny enough, I was on the phone with her and she was talking to her little kid and his name is Noble. And she was like, oh, no, no, international. Like she, she just kind of was, you know, like making him feel proud or whatever. She said the international. And I just was like, when I was making the video, I just happened to say it. And I was like, oh, I kind of like how that sounds. So it's actually really ironic that now it's being looked at as this phrase that kind of has a little bit of travel tied into it because I am a traveler. So that was actually, was it was not planned whatsoever, but it works. And so now it's it's a phrase that I can use to kind of represent women that are traveling, you know, that travel, but they, they're fabulous while doing it. And, you know, they're, they're seeing different countries. And, and so I think it's really cool. I love that. Um, great. So I guess I have one last uh, topic of conversation and question before we go to a very quick lightning round. I want to ask you about your work as a hairstylist, of course. Um, I want to ask you, when did you start doing it? And um, when and how did you discover that you wanted to do it professionally? You know, what are, what are some of your goals, your, some of your philosophy and your approach to, to hairstyling? I started braiding hair when I was about 11 years old because I was an only child at the time. My brother didn't come until I was 14. So I had nothing else to do. I was bored. <laughs> and so in high school, you know, I did a little bit of hair braids for people. Then in college... Um, that's actually how I was able to even like do things that probably other college students probably wouldn't be able to do like buy organic and just, it was like a side job, but it was for a college student, it was pretty decent. And so once I graduated from college or right before I graduated, when I was in Europe, I was like, you know what? I know my parents want me to do this, but I really enjoy hair. I love the art of it. So I got my degree and then I went to get my license in cosmetology. My parents were not happy. Because in their mind, they they wanted me to do something else. It's like, we brought you to this country. We want you to do be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer. But I really wanted to do this. And so with doing it, I, I love the field. I love the art of it. Now, I don't do it full time anymore because I'm more focused on content. But I do actually do monthly pop-ups for like my old clients. And just because I love the art of it. But I found that it's hard to do that full time and travel and host and create content and, and things like that. So I kind of had to sacrifice. But who knows in the future, I may still want to dive into it, um, whether create products or things like that. Hair has a special place in my heart as well. So. And would you say it's also like a vehicle for, for creativity? Like, are there some hairstyles that you particularly enjoy because they're like a challenge or that you like you love how they, how they look, how they turn up? Really, color is my specialty. And what's funny is color was what intimidated me the most in cosmetology school. I didn't even do color in cosmetology school because I was so afraid of it. And so now in chemistry, when I was an undergrad, it gave, it, it was a challenge for me. So it's funny that now with color, color is chemistry. 
that's my specialty. That's what people come to me for. And so it's just it's just really cool to see how things things play out. So you did mention one thing about uh, hosting, which is something that now that I'm remembering, I, I, I didn't mention earlier, but uh, I've also seen some of your videos where like you share clips of weddings that you host or events that you host. And uh, I really love those because they, they always seem a lot of fun. And like there's so much energy, like all these huge parties. And uh, I wanted to ask you about that as well. Like, like, what do you like about hosting about doing those events about like being able to be part of a of a party and like really be able to like bring a lot of energy to the to the table and to to a venue well i look i mean weddings are going to be one of the most memorable times in a couple's life and so the fact that i'm part of that memory like they're going to look back at their videos and pictures and remember seeing me there so i don't take it lightly um whenever i am planning on what to do for a wedding i customize it to the couple you know, I want what's going to make, even if it's a big wedding, I want it to feel small in a sense that I want everyone to feel involved, like you were part of that day. My goal is to see the couple smile and laugh and, you know, dance and not just the couple, but the audience as well, the guests that are there, the young ones, the old ones, to make everyone just feel involved. And it's funny because I used to have a fear of public speaking. And so the fact that like, this is what I'm doing. It's, you know, and I feel like I get better each and every single wedding. So um, now we'll move to the lightning round. So it's just four very quick questions. Um, first one, are you more of a morning person or more of a night owl? I'm a morning person. I prefer, not even that I prefer, but I feel like my life is better when I get up earlier and get things done earlier. Yeah. I don't like staying up late. What would you say is an underrated fashion trend that deserves more love? Oh, I feel like simplicity and that minimalist style, um, just being able to put it together a simple white top, maybe khaki pants, something simple because it never goes out of style. It's classic. What's a high school or college course that you didn't realize you were going to love until way after you started it? Probably chemistry. <laughs> okay. Ooh, actually, chemistry I didn't like until after college, but I would say anatomy and phys- physiology while in college. I really enjoyed it. How did you eventually grow to enjoy it? Anatomy and physiology? I don't know. It's just, I think that this is when I thought I would be a doctor, but even still, I just learning different parts of the body and why this, you know, operates this way and, you know, this affects this. And it was just, it was really interesting. Right. Like it, it might've seemed intimidating at first, but like eventually you found it interesting. Yeah. I looked forward to the classes yeah. for sure. Awesome. And final one, um, what's a country that you haven't visited yet and would absolutely love to japan Ooh, yes okay. japan and south korea but japan yes i can't wait maybe next year oh in thailand oh man so many okay yeah i can imagine there's so many <laughs> yeah great well i think that's it um thank you so much for your time and for for sharing all of this with us just uh finally uh could I ask you to, to tell us, you know, where to find you on, on social media or, or where we can find your content? And uh, also, if, if there's anything else you'd like to share in terms of like projects that you're working on or anything you'd like to, you know, plug. Yes, you can find me on pretty much all social media platforms as Beverly Adeze. That's A-D-A-E-Z-E on everything. I am looking to grow my YouTube platform a little bit more. Um, And then I also want to refocus on my podcast called No Longer Rugged Podcast. So that's available right now on Spotify. So yes, you can definitely find me on there. 
Thank you so much to Beverly for talking to us. I loved getting to know more of her process as a content creator and about how to manage accounts with such diverse types of content, from beauty to travel to cultural humor. And it was so much fun to learn that the African Auntie has such a global following and resonates with people of all sorts of cultural backgrounds. You can find Beverly's content on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Beverly Adaisi. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ochenta Podcasts and on TikTok at Studio Ochenta. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, it's Luis here, and I want to tell you about a show we've been listening to called The Pulso Podcast. There are a lot of podcasts that cover Latino culture and news, but this is one of the first we've heard that really utilizes the throughline of history to provide more context and nuance to our stories. From the halls of Congress to the stages of Broadway, even the food we consider to be American, Latinos helped build this country, and we're not going anywhere. Yet most podcasts are still lacking Latino representation behind and in front of the mic. The Pulso Podcast is a Latina-hosted, Latina-produced show that explores untold stories and unheard voices shaping the experiences of nuestra gente. They've covered topics from beauty standards and gender equality to mental health and food origins. And did you know that there is an official Spanish version of the Star-Spangled Banner? Or that a team of Mexican lawyers changed the future of segregation laws in the 50s? To hear more, check out the Pulso podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.